everybody. Good morning. Welcome to another relationships, uh, waking your relationships session. We have been having quite the devil of a time trying to get on this morning. So we must have something really, really important that the lower vibrations of the universe are trying to not get us to put out there today. So, but we are here and it is coming through. So I am excited. And this is all about us emotionally healing. And Rita and I were discussing how um, this is coming up in both of our worlds and that it may, this, this healing component may look a little different than what you're used to, what you've heard and stuff like that. So this is just, I think the discussion today is something for you to consider in terms of um, how do you add some of this repertoire into your world um, to emotionally heal from what's going on in relationships or have gone on in your relationships. I see Rita nodding and bobbing there. What's going oh. through that noodle, sister? <laughs> what's, what's going through my head is, you know, just what a weird time this has been. It's, yeah. it's as if um, I've been called and you've been called to do this really deep work and independently right. we've been called. And, and what goes through my mind is, you know, many are called, but few answer. You know, uh, there's yeah. this underlying drumbeat, this underlying flow of energy that we're being called to be a part of. And it's part of everything. It's part of the natural world. And it's all those natural elements, stones and crystals and essential oils and plants and plant medicines and, and drums with animal skins and all of these things were being called you and I independently to get back into that rhythm and that flow. And well, you know what, as you're saying that, you know what it's, um, what's coming up is that we're being called to actually step into the divine feminine nature of who we are. Yes. Right? So, so I've been having a ton of conversations with clients this past week about really zoning in on your knowing and trusting your knowing and don't go by any other barometer except for that knowing as crazy as whatever that guidance is that you're getting but that you need to trust it it's about trust is a big piece here because you're kind of like sitting here you and I were talking about it going well like I'm kind of doing this stuff and I'm kind of going to these places and it's like nope you just have to trust it you just have to trust it and have it be that that is your knowing. And this is, it's like, I was totally called to go work the last couple of weeks while my kids were on spring break with their dad. I was truly being called to go do my work in Sedona. Like why stay in Chicago when I could go to Sedona? And so I did. And amazing things unfolded when I followed that knowing. And, you know, there was all types of things going through my head going, why should I go there? What? And here, you know, things we have to understand in this healing process that when you follow that knowing doors, then open for where it is that you're meant to walk through. So for an example, someone I've known for years, I happened to, so I, I was in Costa Rica working with the shamans and then I went to Sedona. While I was in Costa Rica, I was helping these two business partners figure out something that was going on between the two of them. Then the one guy who's got well over a million YouTube followers says, I need to have you do this and come live to my audience. And I was going there from a healing perspective, from a personal healing perspective to work with the shamans. Like 
My knowing was I needed to go do this work. And I had no idea that when I followed that knowing what door was going to open. And then here it turns out, I didn't even know this, that he had just bought a house in Sedona. And here I was in Sedona then the two weeks after that. And it was all about me following my knowing to move to this healing part in my relationships. It's really fascinating to me. Well, it's fascinating to me because I've been doing healing work, focused healing work since I've been at least 20, if not earlier. That's when I was introduced to my first sweat lodge and I got my first name was when I was 20. And so I've been doing this for, you know, almost 30 years. And I've learned so much about how the universe works, which is why we wanted to talk about layering today. Mm -hmm. When we present ourselves out into the world, we get trapped by our own ideas of who we think we're supposed to be. Right. And when we try to be someone we're not, our life just doesn't quite work that great. Because we're not being authentic. Yes. We're not letting our freak flags fly, as I like to say. <laughs> we don't have our external world matching our internal world. Right. That's exactly it. And so when we start to intentionally walk this path of becoming authentic, putting down our past wounds, following a more spiritual path, opening ourselves to intuition and guidance, you find that the world doesn't work the way that we thought it did. Mm. We thought it worked through our ego, through making things happen, forcing things to happen. And we got disconnected from the wisdom that wise women have had throughout time of the earth and of the cycles. The world works in alignment. It works in layering. Mm -hmm. So when you make an intention such as I want to, I, at four years old, I made the intention I was going to be a kindergarten teacher. So I spent the next, you know, I became a kindergarten teacher like at 22. So like 18 years of following that path of I'm going to be a kindergarten teacher and every move that I made led me to there. That's how we make magic happen by making choices that are in alignment with who we are mm -hmm. and just making them as a way of life. Like this is just what I, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. And so you don't even think about it. Right. And you can do layering in ritual, in ceremony, in your home, in your landscaping, in how you dress. It's about making choices that take you to a higher version of yourself. That's authenticity. Well, I think of it as, as you're talking, what I, what I see is we have our physical bodies. So this is the work I've done with Deepak Chopra. Then we have our uh, subtle bodies, our energetic bodies and our spiritual bodies, right? Like there's different layers of our bodies. It's not just the physical, you know, skin, hair. It's, it's, there are multiple layers to us. So when we're doing this emotional healing or 
creating, like, cause what I heard is you creating your life to be a kindergarten teacher, mm-hmm. right? You and of course, once I became a kindergarten teacher, I didn't want to be one anymore. Right. But- so I'm curious as to along that way, did you get signs that you weren't supposed to, but your mind then hijacked your knowing that, nope, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to keep going. I'm going to plow my way through and I'm going to make it happen. Well, I had, um, in, in high school, when you're supposed to decide who you want to be, you know, right. that's when I questioned whether I wanted to still be a teacher or not, but that didn't last long. It, it was a piece of, it was something I needed to learn to become the person that I am now. Fair enough. I needed to learn how to teach. I needed to learn how to inspire and help people transform. I needed lessons about not being attached to someone's path, but still doing what's right. I needed all those lessons. And then I went on to my next set of lessons and then my next set of lessons. Right. That happened probably about four or five times I've reinvented myself. Mm-hmm. But who I am now is all of those people integrated together. And right. it turned me into someone who it's layered, you know, right. all going towards the same intention. And it's turned me into someone who's very powerful. Well, and this is where we have to look at even the relationships that you've called in have been part of that formula for being exactly who you are. So I continue to give um, thanks for um, my ex-husband is my ticket to my highest consciousness. Yes, to your freedom. He's your ticket to your freedom. His ticket to the highest layer of who I potentially can be in this lifetime. And for whatever reason, his soul signed up to play this role with me, which has been for me very hard. It's been, it's been hard to find that space, but it gets easier all the time as I continue to bring in all of these different components that my knowing keeps guiding me to the next right step. And trusting in that is the hardest thing because it really does. You know, I've been thinking about past lives and, and you and I have these personalities that have been shamanic wise women for a long time. Yeah. But for much of the world history, women like us really were persecuted. Mm-hmm. And in oh, West- I'm very clear I had a past life where I was hung. Yeah. Like, I, you'll notice I don't wear necklaces, anything, because I can still feel on some level <laughs> being yeah. choked. Yeah. Yeah. And so because of that, if you look at the world today, they've gotten disconnected from their deep, true spirituality that's within them, that deep knowing of who they really are. But spirituality, Mm -hmm. because a lot of layers of religion are man-made, not spiritually induced. You know, I watched the movie again yesterday when I was flying back from Sedona, Angels and Demons. Mm, And in one part in there, um, the Cardinal, um, says to Tom Hanks, he says, ah, but, um, religion is flawed as well because man has created the processes and religions, like your spirituality. And it was a line in the movie that was going, that makes complete sense to me because it's, it's, we have to take it to the spirituality level, not just on the religion level, because there's flaws in anything that humanity has its hands in because we're human and we make mistakes and we're not all perfect and i was thinking about how religion 
royalty, shamanic cultures, they all understand this layering. You know, when you go into a church, everything is in alignment for a certain purpose. I mean, you walk in, it's even- you, The rituals. Yes, exactly. It's the water at the door. It's the colored light coming through the stained glass. It's the wooden pews. It's the, the altar. It's, it's all in alignment. And royalty knew this too. That's why they wore all those jewels. That's why they wore all those colors. The, the colors, yeah. The energy power. Yes, it gave them power. And so we as women, our power was taken away. And this ego mind of royalty and religion took over. It said, we understand that if you layer something, then you get the riches of the world. But they didn't do it with a good intention. Right. And those of us who had this good intention were convinced and brainwashed that we were wrong and it didn't exist. It's like Native Americans having their traditions, being told that their traditions were wrong and that they couldn't speak their own language. And it's really fascinating to me that that was actually preserved in many parts of South America and in Central America. And those are now coming to America. And it totally reminds me, I had an aunt who spent a lot of time with the Native Americans um, before she died. And um, all those traditions and those ceremonies and everything have been preserved in South America and Central America. And it's, I feel like it's, it's a calling and a remembrance um, of those who are here in America um, that that's coming back alive and it's being honored and treasured. And, um, but that too is, it's very ceremonial. There are altars, there are incenses, there are, you know, and, and it's this, um, it's that layering effect that actually helps all of our different layers of who we are. It helps like from the senses, like your smell, your sight, you know, like incense. And, you know, it's kind of like how they tell you, like, um, you know, don't bring flowers to somebody because it can remind them if they're sick, like it can remind you of a funeral because there's such a strong flower smell at funerals. Right. But there's the other side of that, that there's positive, you know, signs of burning incense and sage and, you know, Santo and different things that are all part of this healing process. And um, like you had said, oh, when we were talking earlier, it's like, well, they say like, grab this crystal, hold on to it and something will happen. And it's like, well, it's not just the crystal. It's other layers of different things. And, and this is where if you're being called to introduce some of this to your world, like follow that knowing. And, and learn, just be open to learning because we've really taken that out of a lot of who we are and what we're all about. And it really is something that's soothing. And I believe that this is the divine feminine energy that we're, you and I are definitely being called to partake in on a regular basis. Yes. I, I have, a, you reminded me, see, I have one of these crowns as well. It's a crystal crown. Cool. And it was so funny last two time when you put your crown on your head, I was like, I never even realized that with this crown and I was drawn to it because this one has the moon on it and I'm really drawn to the moon and the moon is the divine feminine energy. Never even really thought that the crystals being around your head actually helps with your pineal gland and your connection to your higher self and to source. And it's like, 
Oh, it really does. Like I just bought it because I was drawn to buy it. And I, I'm really drawn to like trees and stuff like that. And there's branches that are along here on the side. And it's like all these little subtle things, you know, like, like I, I believe like if, if these trees could talk, like, boy, there's wisdom in that because, you know, trees are interconnected at the roots. Um, just like human beings are like, they have, all you have to do is watch the movie Avatar and you can see the electromagnetic, um, uh, connections between the trees and, and nature. And this is why nature also recalibrates us. People like to live near lakes and rivers and, or up in the mountains, like, and, and this, this connectivity we, and we have to realize that we all as humans have this interconnectivity, but we're in our emotional traumas and then we're, you have a trauma meeting a trauma in these relationships. And one of you just needs to step out of it. And the minute one person steps out, it changes the grid. It changes the energy. And my, and my suggestion, because so many people get hijacked by their own bodies and then there's shame and there's guilt and, you know, they feel this craving and this attachment and calling, you know, when you don't know what to do when you're trying to make a change. Right. Ritual. Yep. It has to be ritual based on what feels good to you. And what that ritual does is it helps you tap into your deepest part of your knowing so you can find new solutions to your problems and come back and make your life better. Right. And, and just trust them, like trust what they are. You know, like I, I literally have over here to the side, um, a circle of candles. I was drawn one day from a knowing a circle of candles and it was, um, and the one candle that's on the top, it represents inner peace when I bought it. And what I visualized and saw when I started this circle of candles was burning down and detaching from the relationship with my ex. And that once all these candles burned down, then I'd be completely detached and like, he's on his journey. I'm on mine. You have them lit like 24 <laughs> seven. Well, you know, I have to be careful. They're not in glass, but what's interesting is that for four weeks, all but two of the candles and they're the exact same brand, exact same candle. Two of them have been a way slower burn than the other one. And yesterday, one of those two completely went out and I've got one left that's about an inch thick. And I'm like, and it's funny. It is literally representing how it's detaching, detaching, detaching. Cause I feel that energetic detachment. And, um, and it also comes with when you energetically detach from that, that's when more acting out comes at you to try to pull you back into old patterning. And I can now sit there in a state of the observer. Like I, as an example, I'm getting Bible. A passionate observer even. Oh yeah, I am a passionate observer. <laughs> compassionate, a compassionate observer. Yeah. yeah, well, you know what? That's, that's a really valid point because the more compassionate that you can be, the better. And that's not easy to do because I'm waking up to text messages of Bible quotes, how I'm going to hell in this new religion that he's found for being who I am and that he's praying for my soul that I'm, um, I better find my way out of my dark life. And I'm like sitting here going, I don't even know what reality you're living in. 
Okay. Well, you are finding your way out of your dark life. That's why you're doing the rituals and the ceremonies and bringing in the light and wearing Correct. the and smelling the essential oils because that's right. how we find our way out of the dark. Well, and, and I am a big believer, and this is how I, I taught my children that there's no right or wrong way. Like, it's okay if you find your path a different way than me. It's what you're about- supposed to, because we are, we, we are so unique. We can never walk the same path as someone else. It's right. not possible. Right. And so I'm just fascinated in the fact that, and I'm really clear that this weekend, that candle, that one inch is going this weekend. Good. And I know it. And it's so funny. Like I probably put those up two months ago and I burn them every day. I'm sitting in here working. And so it's fascinating to me. So the question is, is those of you who are watching, like, what is that ritual that you can do? Even if it's one candle that you're lighting and you're burning some incense with it or whatever to, and put a prayer behind it. You know, I always say that prayer is you talking to God in the universe and meditation is listening. And, and you need that two-way conversation. You can't have it just one way. I remember the day that I had this Catholic, um, he was a Catholic uh, brother, the Holy Cross brother. And he had said to me, he goes, well, I, I pray in the morning and I meditate. And I'm like, you meditate? Because I thought I was like cheating on the Catholic church at the time, you know, because I thought I was going to be damned to hell. That's what they all told me, you know? And, and I just was like, it, it was really amazing. All I needed was one person to validate like going, okay, I get it. Totally got it. And, <laughs> and that started, that was a net, another gateway that opened up that allowed me to go to that next right step. Yeah. And that's how we create everything in our life. We create everything by letting go of the illusions of what we think it's supposed to look like, recognizing it for what it is, and then taking step after step after step to get there, just like I did to become a kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. You set the intention and the goal, you put it deep into your subconscious. Right. And then when you come up to an emotional block, you clear through it by doing ceremony and ritual. When you're confused, you clear through it by doing ceremony and ritual. When you don't think anything's going right and your life is going to hell, you do even more ceremony and ritual. Yep. Because what it does is it takes you so here's some science. To grow a new neural connection, it takes three days. So you start mm. thinking a new thought, you give it a little bit of a boost, like, okay, we're gonna do this, you plant the seed. And then it takes three days, almost like a pulse, like it goes forward and comes back and goes forward and comes back and goes forward and comes back until it makes a new neural connection. Right. So when you do ritual and ceremony with intention, you're telling your body that you want a new neural connection. And then when you make that neural connection, you have a brand new idea that's outside the box thinking that solves your problem in a way you never thought of, that's actually usually in everybody's best interests. You get insight, you get solutions, you get understanding because when you were frustrated, angry, stressed, or confused, you stopped and did ritual that just like a religious service has sights and smells and sounds and touch and taste that you decide it works is right for you. And that's how we manifest. That's how we layer. Yep. And even if it's as little as like you and I are talking about candles, incense, things that it could be walking in nature. It doesn't have to be like, there isn't, that's why 
it can be your own, right? So just know that it's whatever you're guided to do for your life. And Reed and I have tons of tools that we can share with you, you know, send, give us a message, you know, type it in here in the comments, like what other ideas or, you know, and, or if you want to come live with Rita and I to help you work through that, because, uh, you know, we would love for people to um, start to come in and create community so we can talk live with people as well, because if you're contemplating or going through something, there's a thousand other people on the exact same thing. I will never forget when I was going through my divorce process, I had my teacher at the time who's Panash Desai say to me, thank you because you just raised the energetic grid for all the women who are in marriages like you were in to get out because you raised the energy grid. So now it's easier for those who are behind you to now be able to get to that place of freedom as well. Yeah. In alignment with their authenticity. Right. And I truly believe that. And so for those of you, if, if you can find the courage to come live and just have the discussion with us and, um, that will just help thousands of others. So send us a direct message if you'd like to come on because we are here and want to help because we have lots of tools of how to get this not only out of your physical body, but in your energetic body, your subtle body and your spiritual body. Cause there's all that layering and each of the layers need to be addressed as esoteric as some of those may sound to some of you. Um, it's true. It's like, if, I, if you wanna manifest more money, this is my work desk. I have money candles here. And money candles, you know, I have some people that have, they have crystal money trees. They have like, there's all kinds of things that can represent prosperity for you, you know? And that's true also in relationships. It's like, bring these layers in. And it's all about whatever you want to create, you can, because you are a creator. And we have created everything up to this point in our lives. Because it starts with a thought. Yes. And when you have the thought, then you take action on that thought and the action takes you step by step until you manifest. And maybe it takes 20 years. Mm-hmm. When I, um, right before my husband proposed and, and we'd been dating for like seven and a half years, we met in college. He was dating me, dating me. We're now out of college, still dating me, dating me. We lived together, so, you know, never got married. I mean, we are now, but seven and a half years. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, well, whether we get married or not, I'm probably going to be with him. And when he's 50, he is going to be the best partner. He's going to be <laughs> the best, amazing human being. Guess what? He's 50. He is the best partner. He is the most amazing human being. I spent 30 years helping nudge this man into becoming the highest, best version of himself. By that 50. is the best relationship, right? Yes, in the best relationship. And that's where it's at. You know, it's, it's where you make a decision of who you want to be about what you want in your life. And then you keep making choices that take you towards that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with taking the time to go inside yourself, process through the emotions and the information and come up with the higher wisdom, but you got to take the time and you got to believe in it. Right. Well, and, and, and know this, when you come out of a relationship that has been rough, right. And lots of lessons, because oftentimes those relationships are your best teachers 
but you both have to be growing. That's the key, right? To where like, if, if your husband wasn't doing his own work along the way, there's no way that at 50, he would have become who he is. And so this is what I've learned in, you know, my new relationship is that it's not that it's, it's not that you don't teach each other. You constantly grow and teach each other. And it's about becoming, helping each other or provoking each other, I'll say, to be the best version of yourself. And it was fascinating to me, even in a conversation yesterday that I had, um, I was sharing just where I was at with some things um, that it's creating anxiety and I'm shining light on the anxiety and, uh, you know, in this next layer of unpacking. And he was like, he's highly empathic. And he says to me, he goes, don't project that on me. I go, no, 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 not projecting. I'm very neutral. I'm just trying to share. I'm having anxiety about this. I'm not really no. He goes, oh, you're not projecting. He goes, well, that's just your shit from your childhood, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he just like pointed out, I was going, well, I'll take that into consideration because I think you're right that this is where the anxiety is coming from. It's not actually the real deal of what's today. And so that is a beautiful relationship. Like when you can have that, when you can observe going, not projecting, I'm just having anxiety about this and I don't really know what to do with it. And then I'm just sharing. And it was beautiful to watch it unpack. And this is some of the layering effect too, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. And it's so important for us as a species to evolve, to find people or create relationships that we can be more ourselves with so mm -hmm. that we can finally heal the things that have gotten in our way, our family's way, you know, that have, that have just been mucking up the works. Right. And it takes, it's very scary to be real with other people because they might reject you for everything that you do. And many times they do because of their own fears, their own worries that they're not good enough, their own protection, you know, but you got to stay the course. Well, and as you do this layering, mm -hmm. I want people to know, and this is exactly what you've just said. It's okay for people to fall away. I am fascinated right now of watching how many people are falling out of my life again. Like I've got, this is part of this layering too, because when you shift and you raise your vibration and you're doing these things to your own healing process, those that energetically aligned or connected with you before are going to fall away and we just have to allow them. And it was really funny. Like when I was in Sedona, there is a particular woman that, um, uh, was a part of our lives. Um, we met them through a mutual friend and literally the universe stuck us at the booth right next to them in a restaurant. And it was like, oh, that's super interesting. And, um, and the universe, like she then went to the hostess desk and had her moved. And she, she went to one place in the restaurant, like literally the next hour of being in this restaurant, she was bouncing around the whole place because she couldn't figure out what you know, going, yeah, I'm just not in that chaotic energy anymore. Like I can totally see like where I resonated with her, where I was at at that moment in time. And I'm going, I'm just not there anymore. And she left years ago, a marriage very similar to mine. 
And she's still doing the dance with different, you know, other different relationships. And so it's interesting how then the universe puts these other examples into your life for you to then get to a place where you just continue, you can observe that in somebody else's behavior and not participate in it and just be like neutral going, I wish them all the best. I'm not really sure what that's all about. All she could, all she could have done was say hello, you know, and we have to just understand that the universe will put us in these places, you know, to, to test that. When before we let, I mean, because I, I, I'm working on this for myself this year, this is why I'm saying it, you know, before I let my ego let me forget that I still have a million billion things that I'm working through, you know, it's, we not only, it, it's easy sometimes to have that detachment and look at somebody else and, and be kind of like, wow, they're really going through something hard. It's right. really hard to look at ourselves and recognize when we do the exact same thing. Totally. And that it's just part of being a human being and we work through these things. It's not that you, I, I always felt when you self-actualize, it's not that you walk into a party naked and you don't care. It's that you walk into the party naked and maybe you care, but you don't care that you <laughs> whatever way it is you know you don't care if you're embarrassed you don't care if you're not embarrassed you True. just you recognize that higher thing so it's not about unplugging yourself from reality it's about being okay with all our different colors and shades and parts and pieces that all of us have because we've got a human body with urges and cravings and attachments and desires and we have to work in the honor with that right and it's just, again, owning your authenticity and who you are at this moment. If that feels almost um, esoteric um, on some level where you're like, okay, that's great. I hear that. I understand that word, but what does it mean? So it's about like, somebody had said to me the other day going, what it means is drop into your heart. What, when you're authentic, it's like, what is your heart telling you? And, and I will tell you in working with clients, they go to their head and they give me their answer. I'm like, okay, that was a intellectual answer. Drop into your heart. We're so not used to dropping into our hearts and follow that knowing, following that authenticity. That's when we're saying you're knowing and your authenticity, it's your heart. But here's the challenge. We live in a society where we've ignored our hearts for years years. And I know when I first got divorced, I didn't even know how to get there. I didn't even know how to get to my heart because everything had been a pain pattern of how I had developed my life up to that point, because it was all about survival mode and getting out of where it was that I grew up and then jumping into a career and building a business. Like me building my business was actually an addiction to avoid my feelings because I was chalking it up and I was getting there and, you know, there can be healthy addictions or not healthy addictions. Right. And, and then I realized, and this was just a realization in the last couple months was that my next addiction was the, the codependency that I participated in, in my marriage. Like it was codependent. 
And I did this whole journey uh, and I worked with the shamans and stuff like that, releasing codependency because it went from the addiction to work to the addiction of codependency. And now it's like, because codependency is just the addiction of people. You're just addicted to fix somebody else's stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Right. So I'm in a place now where dropping deeper into my heart and deeper. And, and it's been a journey over a few years of getting to this place. And I still, to this day, have to ask myself going, what does my heart want? And there are days where I have to ask or weeks that I just keep asking the question because it's the next layer of my heart opening to figure out what I really actually want, you know? And so we all have this stuff. Yep. And you have to give yourself the time mm -hmm. and you have to give yourself the time and the intention to work on it. Because right. if you don't set aside literally hours, days, weeks, months, years, sometimes to go into that darkness and process through it, to go for the walks, to sit on the beach, to hang out in a tree and let yourself be with that higher vibration. You have to actually spend time with God if you want to get closer to God. <laughs> that is a great phrase. <laughs> and that's how you do it. What you, you focus on, what you put your attention on is what grows. Yep. And yep. so when you pay attention to these higher ideals, then you embody them more and you become more spiritual, you become more connected, you become healthier, but you got to do it. It's more than just going to church on Sunday. Or listening to, you know, a PBS special on spirituality. Yep. It, you yep. literally have to make live it, it almost the most important part of your life. Yep. Yep. And it's just about living without it. guilt. Yeah. And let it be mm -hmm. who you are and what you're all about. Like, that's it. That's all you have to do. It's yep. beautiful. It's perfect. Well, this is fun. Well, I'm, I'm having fun this getting is very, a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? By all means, you guys, I, I put the link below. Again, I'm giving my book, Awaken Your Wealth, um, free. You know, and I've had people say to me going, well, if I had any wealth, this is about waking up to your wealth, your internal wealth, as well as then once you wake yourself up internally, and this is the process and how to do that in my book, that then the money actually shows up. Just like the work you do with Rita, you do the inside work and then the ideal relationship then shows up. Yep. And I've got a seven week intensive that I do. I do one-on-ones with people for seven weeks for a um, thousand dollars. And what we do is I'll meet with them two, three, four times a week for a bunch of weeks to keep everybody on track, to keep you moving in the right direction. So you don't even have to spend a lot of time. My job is like the, um, the bumpers and bumper bowl. You know, when you go bowling, I'm the bumpers that keep you on the right track so you can get it to go down the lane. You can get it to make a strike. And once you, once you make spirituality and ritual and connection a habit, then you're golden. It just keeps picking up momentum. So even just having an intensive like that is, is a kickstart for, for the next version of you. Yep. That's beautiful. I love it. Cool. Everybody, Thank you, everybody. Yep. You can find me at RitaHickmanCoaching.com or type in Rita Hickman on Facebook. 
Um, and Monday, we're starting a seven day challenge where I take all of these principles and put them into practice over seven days. So it's like a seven day jump start. It's called Relationship Rebirth. And Beautiful. so in this jump start, we'll be listening to different speakers during the day and processing through it and getting rid of emotional baggage and doing spiritual layering and meditations. And it should yes. feel like um, putting your little seed under a grow light. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's beautiful. I love it. Good okay. stuff. Cool. Well, well thanks, I'll, everybody. Yep. I'll see everybody later. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.